Operation Unknown. What episode are we on, Birdman? Oh, I knew you were going to fucking ask me that. <laughs> I think it's uh, Cinco? Cinco? Cinco de Marcho? Cinco de Marcho? I don't know. It's fucking Season 2, Episode 5. There we go. That works. <laughs> Holy shnikes. It's, it's it's not like we just got done recording episode four and there's a bunch of alcohol in us. But hey, what? No, hello. That what? was last week. Oh, the last week. Podcast last week. Magic. Podcast magic. We didn't just finish the last episode twenty minutes ago. It was last week. Double check. Well, I think they're. I've been on, I've been on a hell of a bender. <laughs> All right. I guess we might as well just let everyone know. Hey, what's going on, Mr. Joe Wiles? Welcome back. How are it's you? Been a, it's, it's been a week. How are you? <laughs> it's been one hell of a bender. This, 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 this scrub's still wearing the same shit he was wearing last week. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I would. I guess normally I would ask you guys how you've been, but it's kind of hard to uh, predict the future. Right? Yeah. Who, who can do that? Who can do that? I will say, maybe the Facebook page is up by now. <laughs> <laughs> I can really guarantee you it's not. <laughs> Probably. Oh, and we're off. I guess since we've <laughs> already told everyone the movie or podcast magic, and technically we're already drunk since we've been drinking since the last episode, let's go ahead and start this we week's episode. I'm going to go ahead and do a little trivia and see if anyone can possibly guess what this week's episode is about. Trivia. Clue number one. It's the only clue I have, really. We invited the same guest who likes aviation and is interested in aviation. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, I got my hand no raised. Guessing no guessing yet. I have more. Oh. Okay. So the person we're going to talk about was born July 24th in 1897, and she, oh, shit, I already gave away her gender. We don't assume that. Grew up to be one of the most famous disappearance cases still to this day. This person was also the first, oh, here we go, gender reference, woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean, and also wanted to be the first person to do it around the world. And yes, I said around the world for you flat earther motherfuckers out there. Not I'm flat earthers. Just saying. It's around, not, you know what I mean? Anyway. It's not across, it's around. This person, almost 40 years later from the time she was born, took off to do this mission or this accomplishment and ended up disappearing with her co pilot. Now, if anyone hasn't guessed yet, I want to ask Mr. Birdman or Mr. Wilds, who do you think I'm talking about? I already know. This is the worst trivia game show ever. Just saying. Yeah, I just threw out there. Is this about Area 51? <laughs> Wrong. It's about Area 52. Didn't, didn't yeah. we just do Malaysian air flight? <laughs> <laughs> All right. For anyone that doesn't know, if you haven't caught on, you're stupid. But for anyone that did catch on, catch on your right. Oh, we still love you. We yeah, still love we, you if you're stupid. That's exactly what I was going to say, but we still love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Wilds said that to me quite a few times in Okinawa. Dude, you're really fucking up. I, I still love you, but man, you really need to fucking square yourself away. <laughs> I, 
be quite honest, I think I only said that once that I can notably remember. Well, and, I notably remember, I will lock you in my fucking closet at my house. I will do whatever it takes to get you to be able to get out of the Marine Corps and off this island. Oh, okay. I remember that too, I guess. But no, there that was a, I- that was along with the uh, uh, the uh, journalist we discussed earlier, and the uh, the photograph that has not been discussed. But yeah, I wasn't going to discuss that. I just remember, I just remember going to, to old uh, Jensen's office, and, and I was like, "Do you know what you did? I had no idea." And then after we were in there, and we got done, you're all, "I still have no idea what I did." <laughs> <laughs> But that, yeah, I won't put out. I won't put out any private uh, privacy information. But let me tell you what: that was one of the most epic things that ever happened. And just, I, I, am still dumbfounded. That's actually a good Operation Unknown podcast. Right. That's that's an unsolved fucking mystery. That, that is an unsolved mystery. And I asked suspect number one about that because suspect number one, who I thought ended up at the same duty station with me next. I think I even asked suspect number one. And suspect number one said, no, I didn't do that. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think there's probably numerous suspects <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> if that's true, that's your fault, sir. Do what? If that's true. Yeah, this is, this, this is an A-B conversation, sir. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. And for anyone else that's actually still wondering who we're talking about for this episode, it's Amelia Earhart. <laughs> if you haven't turned us off yeah, yet. <laughs> you guys digressed. Before we even discussed who we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a record. I think I think I don't think I've ever digressed before. We at least got to the topic. It's like talking that's about a fucking UFC fighter knocking someone out in the first ten seconds of a round. That was good digression. Yeah, that that's what happens when you record back to back. Yeah, it's not like we're just starting anew with seltzers. We're already deep. We're in too deep. Oh, I'm almost out of seltzers. This is gonna be a quick episode, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about it. You'll still be entertained because Birdman is here to save the day. I do what I can. I try to be as comedic as possible, but I'm just not good at it. See? Yeah. <laughs> cricket, cricket. This is, we need the sound effects. Oh, I'm going to work on that. My ultimate, my our, ultimate. Our editor-in-chief will fucking add some crickets if he wants to. My ultimate fear coming into this is you guys allowing me to come on your show like this. I was like, there's no way I can keep up with Tommy's wit. I'm funny. <laughs> no way. That guy just takes the cake. It's, another, it's fucking alcohol. It's all alcohol-induced. Another full disclosure, this is the first time we're recording like two episodes in a row, so let's just say the libations are well with Libations, us. libations. You're you're still at uh, the the Pod Bay HQ. You know, to be honest, I don't give a shit how drunk we are or whatever. This you need to speak for yourself. Geez, I'm not drunk. You're drunk. You're drunk. I'm not drunk. You're drunk. And we're off. And here we so, go. But hey, if, 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 if it gets you guys who listen to us regularly to spread the news, even if you tell them, hey, just listen to this episode first and then go back to the first season, we'll take it. Exactly. Anyway, back to who we're here to discuss. Miss Amelia Earhart, or Mrs., I should say. She was married. We'll get to that later. All right. So Miss Mrs. Amelia Earhart has always basically, she's always been an adventurous person from what I've read, even since childhood. You know, she and you know apparently it's something that she's always had a passion for, and it's always something that people knew her for growing up. You know, and then after you know after the death of her grandparents, she kind of had to like take a a little break um, because her family wasn't so good with you know finances and whatnot. And apparently, her grandparents were very 
you know, well off. I think a lot of people that, you know, however you want to word it, that are destined for great things. I mean, you you can look at their childhood. And again, at, at the time of their childhood, obviously her grandparents weren't, you know, looking at her like, oh, she's going to freaking be the first solo flight across the Atlantic and shit. But when she goes and does that, that's not something that would surprise them. You know, it's, yeah. you know, you're not going to say, oh, this motherfucker is going to do this. But when they do it, it's like, oh, eh, I could see that back then. Right. I mean, even even in the beginning, it seemed like after her grandparents died, she was just going to be like this regular person. She went to school. She got accepted into a junior college. You know, she did whatever she needed to do like anyone else would do. And then all of a sudden she was, you know, her plans for being a regular normal person were derailed a bit. When she went and visited her sister in Canada and started developing this other interest she had in taking care of and helping uh, wounded veterans from World War One, You know, it wasn't until like, what, 1918 that she left junior college to become a nurse's aide in Toronto to help to continue to do this. So it's always Canada, America's hat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I always have to say that. Kuala Lumpur drink. You're right. right. Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> now get America's hat drink. Like a top hat, like planter's peanut type. Oh, it, it, Canada's pretty fancy, so yeah, it would be a top hat. Yeah, so even, I mean, I guess or a trucker's hat with the maple leaf on it. But anyway, all right, we're digressing. Even while she was sorry, doing this, sorry, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Even while she was doing this, <laughs> you know, she was trying to do something that helped other people, not just herself. She wasn't like looking for like any celebrity status or anything like that. You know, well, at least not at this point in her life. I don't know if she actually ever was looking for it, but apparently she ended up getting it which we'll talk about later. But, you know, when the war ended, uh, she entered a pre-med program eventually at uh, Columbia University in the city. Which city? Yeah. But that was derailed once again, once her parents insisted that she live with them in California, which is where we first experienced her first flight on an airplane in 1920. Ever since that flight, her interest in aviation and flying took off, for lack of a better word. (laughs) Pun intended. Uh, that's the worst pun ever. I'm going to call yeah. you out on that. Sorry. <laughs> but it was that flight. That she- I'm just jealous I didn't come up with it. My question, I guess she drove or took whatever to London and to visit her sister from Chicago because apparently this flight to California was her first time ever on a plane, which pretty much made her say to herself, I'm going to go learn how to do this, which is what she did. She went and took flying lessons after this flight. And this, I'm, again, well... To interrupt, I was going to say not to interrupt, but so this is what, 1920 was her first, was her first flight flight. or whatever? Correct. And what, it was, I mean, what, it was like 1903 or some shit was the Wright Brothers, right? Well, 07? Yeah, it wasn't too Okay, so I mean, so again, I mean, we're within like 15 years of people, you know, of, of a flight being, basically being, you know, not discovered, but, you know, I mean, so I mean, that just speaks to, you know, the, the turnaround on, you know, the first motherfuckers with their glider. I'll say motherfuckers as I'm speaking from Dayton, Ohio, which I don't know if you knew this or not. That's where they're fucking from. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, but, but, you know, I mean, that that's cool that, I mean, within a short, you know, period of time that we went from, you know, nothing to this person that ends up being a fucking icon of aviation well, I you know, guess, gets, gets the bug that quick. When you put it in that context, I guess you, you got to think it's probably, it probably was a lot easier to do what she did back then. Like let's say today I flew on a plane for the first time at 35 years old 
and I decided, oh, I'm going to go take flying lessons. Okay. There's a lot of shit that is involved with taking flying lessons, I'm sure, today. I, I probably can't just walk into a fucking airport and be like, yeah, okay, teach me to fly. Okay. I'll let you know this spring. <laughs> That's my plan is this spring, summer, I am starting my flying lesson, finally, after 42 years of life. There you go. But it probably isn't just like something you could just walk into and say, I want to do this, right? You have to... Not after 9-11, it's not. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, apparently, apparently back then it was pretty fucking easy. Thanks, Bin Laden. And apparently back then it was pretty fucking easy to buy a plane and not even have your fucking flight lessons, uh, license yet. Because she did... Oh, like, I- a year later, she bought a fucking airplane. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, again, the, the shit's still in its infancy. So, yeah, it is easy to... So she bought... She 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 flew on a plane for the first time in 1920, okay? Bought a, bought an airplane, or I guess a little airplane, whatever, uh, a Kinner Airster, I guess it's probably a little one-seater, a year later. And she didn't even get her pilot's license until two years after that. So, I mean, I guess back then there were no regulations as far as flights. They didn't give a shit if you wanted to buy a plane. Here you go, 20 bucks, thank you. Come again, you know, if you don't crash, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, I guess back then they didn't give a shit. And because of her aspirations to wanting to do what she to fly, it was that easy for her to do it, and it kind of like fast tracked her into that icon role, if you will, as you said. Because she is, she's she's kind of a pioneer. She's an icon. She's pretty fucking famous, you know. Not, I mean, it, like oh, all joking think. aside, like she was just allowed to vote, like the same time she's fucking buying a plane, like legit. Right? Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, probably so that just speaks to the fucking times, you know. It was the times, and you had she had to probably endure a lot. Especially, you know, without trying to go there too much, in a completely man-dominant role. And here she is breaking barriers to become this. Right. And I mean, yeah, that just speaks to just how much, how more awesome that all of this is. Because, again, like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, is the 19th fucking amendment? I'm going to sound like a fucking asshole. Is it the 19th amendment? Yeah, 19th amendment gave women the right to vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was passed like the same year that she's on a plane for the first time. So yes, this is a, it's not just a male dominated like industry. It's a fucking male dominated world. Yeah. The, you know? So yeah, for her to fucking say, fuck you motherfuckers, not only yeah. am I going to ride on a plane for the first time next year, I'm going to go buy me a motherfucking plane and I'm going to fly it right up your asses. Yeah. You know, just even, you know, I wonder too, I mean, when did, I don't know the answer to this. When did pilot's license come out, you know, and, Oh, well, oh I can guarantee there wasn't a such. There probably wasn't even a thing of pilot license back then. I wasn't even standards yet. You know, you could right. probably you could just probably get up and do it, and you know, and then for her to do it, you know, I can only imagine the adversity she faced. They're probably laughing right. at you know, and all this and that, and she's just she's just putting them all to shame. She's just telling them, you know, f off. I've got this, and I'm better than you, and I'm going to prove it to the world. Right. And, and like in the beginning for her, I guess it was just something that she was passionate about. She really wanted to do. Uh, she probably didn't even care about becoming a celebrity or anything like that. She just wanted to be able to fly a plane because she fucking loved it. So in the mid-1920s, she moved to Massachusetts, you know, where she became a fucking social worker. For my like, khakis or in my khakis. Over in Boston. <laughs> and, you know, she just she, immigrants do whatever she needed or whatever they needed to do. And it wasn't until... There were a bunch of promoters who were actually looking for a woman to be the first person to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. And in 1928, they chose Amelia Earhart to be that person. Or, I'm sorry, woman. Well, she's still a person. Jeez. That's rude. God. Women 
women are people too, Billy. You're not in the Big Apple anymore, man. Live in the now. I'm the bad guy. Oh, I'll always make you out to be the bad guy. Hey, real quick, real quick, ladies and gentlemen. First federal pilot license was issued in 1927. License number one went to William P. Oh, greatest last name ever. McCracken Jr., the assistant secretary of commerce for aeronautics. Greatest first name ever. What are you talking about? You mean whatever, dude. McCracken's way better than William. McCracken offered the honor to Orville Wright, who declined, who was no longer flying at the time and declined. Sir, there are Williams that have been kings, okay? How many King McCrackens do you know? Hey, you know, you know, you are right, oh, oh, we're so doing this. Guess what? Wanna, July fourth, seventeen seventy six, I stopped having to give a crap about any king or queen anywhere and that speaks to what's going on now with yeah. harry and fucking madeline and all them motherfuckers over in england i ain't got time for that shit yeah. okay we'll go with madeline <laughs> what's her name is it megan megan markle or something yeah whatever yeah, hey if i can add a side note real quick uh i'm sitting over here and if you can see you know, another special guest special guest He's actually my fact checker. He keeps nodding his head and showing me stuff on his phone of everything we're already asking. And he's like, 19th Amendment. See, that's what Billy needs a fucking fact checker. Yes. I ain't no fucking fact checker, but I'll be. No, I said you need one. I didn't say you are one. I said you need one. You need someone to Google for you. And he's back to 1907, and Tommy, it was 1903. So you were absolutely right. Yes. You know what? Because I I Googled it. I'm I'm not anti Google like Billy. I'm sorry, William, fucking King William over here. Why do I need to Google anything when other people can do it for me, bird? Exactly. Oh, it's been discussed numerous times. We know where you stand on the Google. A quick backtrack. You know, she was already a world traveler, you know, very young. She was all over the place if you didn't see. But I just I just read this right now, and I didn't know this. I thought I would have, but I didn't. But she was in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is where I did my recruiting duty. And she went to Central High School, which was one of my high schools that I I actually uh, recruited from, and here's a little unknown fact for you. The valedictorian took the ASVAB out of there. 4.25 GPA, came out with a solid six. Runt. <laughs> Straight to the infantry for you. <laughs> that okay. is a useless fact. See, I don't remember ASVAB scores, but I... I have mine. I have mine. I, I feel one, like of the dudes I, one of the dudes I work with is, is Army, and he, he's always, he always gives me shit. I had said something about the ASVAB, and so I, I, I found my fucking paperwork and shit, and I text, I sent him a picture. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure where mine's at, and I'm like, motherfucker. So it's just, it's just safe to say, King William, that um, <laughs> uh, it's King Big Apple to you. <laughs> it can be that too. We can add Big Apple into it if you want, <laughs> or Big Daddy, whatever. <laughs> Wherever the night's gonna take you, whatever, whatever helps you get through this episode. <laughs> Let's go ahead. And, we'll go ahead and name this another world record, the longest digression ever. Oh no! We, we but not only oh. has this episode digressed in the first four seconds of the episode, we've also accomplished the longest digression. Thank you, or Amelia. Not getting any. No respect. I tell you, no respect. So going back to them. Going back to them choosing her to do this mission that they wanted to put in the papers or whatever, a lot of people thought that they – have you ever seen pictures of Amelia Earhart? Have you ever seen pictures of Charles Lindbergh? A lot of people thought that they chose her because she looks like Charles. Lucky Lindy? Yeah, they did. They I could see that. Yeah. I could see – I could – I could. So just picture 
Just picture she didn't. I can see that like after Charles a few Lincoln. seltzers. Come on. If she didn't look anything like Charles Lindbergh, you think they even would have picked her? Like right. The chance. Okay, you look like this guy who's also pretty famous when it comes to form. So let's pick you because you look like you. And that just goes to show you whether they wanted to pick a woman or not. They didn't give a shit that she was a woman. They said, "Hey, let's pick this person that looks like the man that is the right, man." So, yeah. Other than the Wright brothers, which so Charles would actually fly across the Atlantic, or somebody else that looked like him or her. Hmm. Dun, dun, Sparrow, dun, dun. Have a, Sparrow and <laughs> have, Google. Have, 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 have your fact checker look. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so here he's we go. He's on it. June seventeenth, nineteen twenty-eight. Miss Amelia Earhart, oh, so long Trespassy, Newfoundland, Canada, as a passenger aboard a seaplane piloted by Wilmer Stult and Lewis Gordon. I guess they wanted to do that just so she could kind of get a feel for what it's like being in a plane that long. Maybe I don't know, I don't know why that's notable, but apparently it is. I guess I guess a seaplane is pretty tiny, though, right? I've never been in one uh, personally. Depends on the. Uh, they, well, it really depends because I mean, you can some seaplanes are fairly larger, but I mean, there's like one and two seater ones, but then you can have you know fifteen seater ones, you know. So right, well, the but fucking I, spruce goose was a seaplane. I've but been on the point. motherfucking spruce goose. I guess them doing it back then was, I guess, to get her kind of so being in a tight space for that long, maybe. Yeah, maybe just maybe just for flying because I know that one of the past. It, Across the transatlantic flights go up uh, around like Newfoundland and stuff. You know, Gander, Gander, Newfoundland. You know, when I've had to make my overseas trips, I've had to stop there a couple times. I don't know if you guys did or not. You know, it's like how we go to like Scotland or whatever to refuel, and the Air Force just magically breaks their planes down in mysterious places. So, and I know Newfoundland. Diego Garcia, callback. My own question is: is I guess back then they really didn't go across the Atlantic at all because even landing in Wales during that trip. As a passenger, like the first woman, I guess, to do it. She was a celebrity right after that. She didn't even fly the plane yet. She was just a passenger. She was already famous because of this. Right. It's, well, it's, and I mean, word gets around. But yeah, but that's, it's, you know, you know, we think of now that's nothing to fucking fly wherever in the fucking world. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, because it, it was so, I guess, popular back then that she even wrote a book about it that was sold. Right. Because it's such a new thing that it, I mean, that's, that's the new fad. That was the, the ticky talk back in the day. Freaking being able to fly. Oh, well, yeah, being fly, right, yeah. I mean, air travel is the, that was the, the yeah, Tiki Talk. That's what it's called, right? Tiki Talk. Do the dances and stuff. Tiki oh, Talk. Ben, well, Ben, what's it called? Tiki Talk? Is that right? <laughs> Fact check that. No, Tick Tock. Is it Tick Tock? Say again. What? Was she selected by this group to do this? To fly? Like, she was like the one that was selected to be the person? What year was that? When she was selected? Yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, let's see. I guess they were looking for someone during the mid twenties, and they finally selected her in April of nineteen twenty-eight. Yeah, and Lindbergh, Lindbergh flew across the Atlantic in twenty-seven. Oh, so it wasn't that coincidence? I think not. <laughs> I think you can kind of chalk that up to, especially with the looks. I mean, that gene pool—they look similar. Yeah, that, that family tree had one branch. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Were they from Kentucky? Did we look that up? I think it's Kentucky. Are we, are we are we trying to go into a conspiracy hole within a conspiracy of what happened to her? What's going on right now? Uh, this is Operation Unknown, <laughs> sir. Have you not listened before? Now it's Operation Unknown Square. Are you not? We could we could we could change the sh- the title of the show to Rabbit Hole because that's what we go down, sir. I think when you know there is a whole bunch of unknown, you have to go down rabbit hole. I guess so. Yeah. Yes, that's, yeah, that's what you do. 
That's what you do. That's what we're here for. So a lot of the publicity around her being the passenger on this flight and her writing this book, 20 Hours and 40 Minutes in 1928, was published by a man named George Palmer Putnam, who Putnam was also... Publishing? Yeah, well, he was also one of the key people who helped organize this flight and decided, you know what? I like Amelia Earhart. Let me ask her out. And they eventually got married in 1931. Because I always had a crush on Charles Lindbergh. So what's this the next best thing? Amelia Earhart. I can, I can marry her and nobody will question me. Exactly. Damn you, Putnam. We could see through you. George Palmer. Come on. Come on. That's up. He's Palmer something. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and test Rosie Wilde's aviation knowledge. Are you ready? Okay. Because not only did she fly across the Atlantic in a plane in 1928, but she also piloted an auto gyro to a record setting altitude of 18,415 feet. Can you tell us? What an auto gyro is because I've never auto gyro is. I'll tell you that an auto gyro is basically a helicopter, but it's got a. I'll show, I'll show you an auto gyro. Let me get a couple more seltzers in me. Helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. No <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a helicopter, but it's also got a propeller that goes forward too. So it's like it can still pull like the motion forward and then above. Yeah. It's like those little like fucking homemade things, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people make them. There, you know, there's homemade kits for these and all that too. So, all right. So, just uh, trying to bring joy to the masses. Basically, a helicopter that is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I think James Bond, uh, the original Sean Connery, had one that he like pulled out of a suitcase in one of the movies. Just saying. He probably did. Who the hell knows? Um, I'm gonna let you know. You know why? Because I'm gonna fucking Google it. <laughs> well, you would think. You would think someone. Being her status, you know, the first woman to even just go across the Atlantic as a passenger would be like, all right, this is good enough for me. But she said, no, I don't care about that. So in 1932, she actually flew across the Atlantic by herself, something that no other woman has ever done before. And what, I guess only Charles Lindbergh has before her. Right at that time, yeah. At that time, right, yeah. So she didn't care. She was like, you know what, I'm not taking this. I want more. So what did she do? Decided to fly across the Atlantic Ocean by herself. And uh, now she's, I guess if she hasn't already been cemented as a celebrity because of that flight as a passenger, now she's full-on celebrity status and did whatever she needed to do to get that across to people. I mean, she had a, what, her husband now is a publisher, so I'm sure she probably had plenty more books written about it or whatever. Or at least some pull to get the, the name and story out there. Right. Because if, yeah. if you're going to do something like that, why not do more, right? And what better way to get the opportunity to do more that you have stuff like this published? Right. And they gave her, like, the Distinguished Flying Cross, like Congress did, for doing that. And then, you know, I know that in New York, there were, like, a big ticker tape parade, you know, for that accomplishment as well. You know, that's that's pretty big back then, you know, and they're, you know, they're throwing a full-blown parade. Yeah, but that, yeah that's, that's the thing. You're, you're top of your A-list when shit like that happens. Right. I mean, she didn't even – she wasn't even – she wasn't only just the first woman to fly across the Atlantic Ocean by herself. She also did it in like a record time, apparently, of 14 hours and 56 minutes, even though she had numerous problems where, yeah. you know, she would run out of gas and have to have to do like landings or emergency landings to get more fuel or crazy weather. Because she wasn't in like this fucking giant jumbo jet. She was in like a little Cessna. Yeah, this is fucking aviation infancy. Right. Thank God she didn't have to fly over Diego Garcia. Just yeah, she was basically her. You like that name, don't you? It's not as cool as Kuala Lumpur drink. But no, she she was like, you know, she was like the jack of all trades with this too, because if you think about it, like her, I think she blew like a, a head gasket. Mm-hmm. 
and she had to fix that. She was she had to like fill up fuel from fuel tanks, like yep. into a plane while flying, and like she actually had like electrical problems where she was like no kidding, like I don't miss I can't remember, but it was like maybe she was splicing wires back together or something to make sure things worked again. So she's like an in-flight mechanic while going across the Atlantic, just making. Well, her- that's that's my thing. Like you know, like especially old school stuff like that. It's it's one thing. Okay, yeah, you know, nowadays, yeah, throw me in the fucking cockpit. I'll fucking steer you across the fucking Atlantic Ocean because it's all computerized. But back then, you're literally doing it yourself. And if there's any issues, you're fixing them yourself. I mean, it's it's just that much more impressive than somebody just hopping in and doing it now. It's, you know, back in the day with the fucking first, like, Model T's and Model A's driving across the country, but fixing it and, you know, doing it. it was fucking, you go back to the Oregon Trail fixing your fucking wagon, you know? I mean, it's... Having to do all that stuff yourself just makes it that much more impressive than, you know, nowadays, yeah, I fucking get a flat tire, I can fucking call AAA, and I don't even have to change my tire. I can have somebody come out here and change it for me, but to be able to do all that shit back then, over the fucking Atlantic Ocean, yeah, on a fucking, air, you know, a fucking was, airplane, yeah, exactly. She just, like, hit the pause button or just, you know... Just land somewhere. She was over icy. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's the, the Titanic went down, and she's like up there fixing her airplane. Right. That's certified badassery. No foreshadowing <laughs> here, but uh, did the Titanic really go down? I'm just saying. We might have to discuss that in a future episode. Just saying. Yeah, and by the way, um, it was uh, you only live twice. James Bond. They brought out the gyrocopter. Just saying. Why? Okay. Want to slide it in there? Remind me to tell you about the shipment of mayonnaise on the Titanic too. That's another Cinco time. de Mayo. Yeah. When it went down on the fifth of May. Yeah. <laughs> it was all bound for Mexico, and then it all sank. Yes. Yep. Yep. I love the Cinco de Mayo. Well, after after she flew across the Atlantic, she decided I'm going to write another book, and she did. It's called The Fun of It, where she wrote about her life and her interest in flying. And I wonder how she got that going. Maybe it was because her now husband was up. Maybe a, yeah, maybe the publisher husband. I don't know. Coincidence? I think. I wonder, I wonder if she wrote these books in order to do other things. Because after these books, after this book was written, she would fly across the United States like almost regularly. I don't know if she was doing it as like for more publicity or if she was just doing it to you know take people and see the sights or whatnot. But she was doing it pretty commonly. I guess you know so. I guess the book helped her. Her being the first woman to fly across the Atlantic helped, but uh, she wasn't. Now, what? 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 Do we lend any credence to? We're trying to sell books and all this stuff, and then how about we add a mystery of her disappearing to sell more books? Well, I mean, the, the books were well before she disappeared, right? But to add to, people do a lot of shit for fucking publicity. Well, like you said before, women were really not looked at as like anything back then. And doing everything like this and her writing this books, this book or these books, I think she was trying to get more recognition across to her gender rather than. Right. So is it do we come up with the scheme of the flight disappearing to bring that much more attention to female pilots or, you know, I mean, we're all about rabbit holes here. I'm just trying to start digging one. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, with a, with a published with with a you know a publisher husband, whether it's him just saying, "Hey, man, I got a fucking gold mine here," and do, does he arrange something to happen to make this giant mystery, or is it uh, we fabricate this mystery? 
to bring that attention to us and you know or is it just fucking coincidence and she fucking crashed I mean, somewhere i mean i guess it could have happened but if they did they were planning it for a long fucking time because right. the flight across the atlantic until she went missing five years had gone by she she did so many other things in between that time like she was also the first um person to solo fly from hawaii to california you know um why wouldn't they do it then you know that was only in 1935 she, she didn't go missing till 37 and the atlantic flight was 32 yeah but a fucking little little, little flight from hawaii to california is nothing compared to well, back going then, around the world you, right but but <laughs> Again, it goes back, you know, call back to our last episode. It's a lot easier to search a smaller area than a bigger area. We're mm-hmm. going we're, we're to let, we're going to let, we're going to let the expert jump in here for a second. Well, <laughs> he's, he's chomping at the bit. Enthusiast. I don't know what makes me an expert until other people call me an expert. So thanks. But the, um, <laughs> uh, you think about it too, just the last episode about boys and airlines, why you think about it? I mean, why not? That could be a possibility. There's, there's another unknown. It could be. It would take a lot of detailed planning because you got to think you flew all the way around the world and you were basically like, what, the third to last stop before you were to be home and finish your around the world flight before you disappeared? I mean, it could make sense, but at the same time, I put in all that effort, but maybe that's even more the mystery, you know? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like if it was planned, then that's one hell of an elaborate plan. That took quite some time, and it's just it's it's it would be odd to me if they if they could even think of doing something like that back then. Yeah, yeah I think there's she a wasn't alone. You know, it's, it's not like she was trying to fly around the world by herself. She had a co-pilot, Fred Noonan. You right. know, so right. it wasn't just her. If they were planning on doing something like that, then how come she was never seen again? Like how, or at least to our knowledge. Right, and right. granted, it was a big deal back then, but they were also, I think, all her little flights before that were baby steps too. Big grand one of trying to fly around because you know, fly across the Atlantic, fly to Hawaii. You know, I think one was there like Los Angeles to Mexico as well, or something. Yeah, you know, the, you know, these are just stepping stones to the big grand puba of flying around the world, you know, and that she could do it. So, I mean, I mean, it makes a great story, it could, it could be true, right? Well, why would the law apparently when she went missing, they'd already traveled 22,000 of the 29,000 mile trip. Right, you're you're literally like on your last leg. Right, but but if I'm if I'm uh, promoting some big event of the first female to fly solo around the world, or not solo, but to fly around the world, and within the first fucking day she crashes, it, it's it's over and done with. Mm-hmm. If I wait, if you're if you're watching, and oh hey, she made it here. She made it to this day. She's 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 still. Oh shit, she's almost to the end. You have all those people watching. Right. If it did whatever, if it's a fucking baseball game, if it's twenty to nothing <laughs> by the third inning, you're like, oh what the fuck ever, dude. This fucking game's over. Or football, whatever, whatever. If it's a blowout, you don't watch it. If it's close, unless you're like a diehard fan, you're just gonna watch it for whatever. But. So why not wait till she's almost to the end where the world is watching to get those eyes on you and, and then poof, she's gone. What happened? I mean, I guess it would make sense because they took now does Now, does that bring in dollars or whatever? I don't know. I mean, it, it's, or it was it just shit, man? The fucking plane just fucking pissed out because it fucking just flew across the world. I mean, I mean, the flight started on June 1st. 
and they didn't disappear till July 2nd. So a whole month had gone by. So they were getting all that publicity. Right. And, you know, oh, she's, they're still flying. Oh, they landed to get gas. Oh, they're still flying. Oh, they landed to fix this or they did this or this. So maybe waiting that long because so many people were paying attention to it at that point that they were just waiting. Right. Well, and that's the thing. And then, but the, and then you get to this very isolated part of the trip to where whatever can happen and who can say. Right. Well, the thing is, too, if you go, if you really dig in deep and dive into it, you know, people didn't know when she was really going to be back. You know, they may have an expected timeline, but we're not talking about today's day and age where we have real world lifetime feeds. Right. You know, and we have a cruise rating. Even like in 1986, when we had the Voyager aircraft with Rutan that flew nonstop around the world, you know, without refueling, there was like thousands upon thousands live feeds and thousands upon newscasters like watching them land and take off and we knew where that plane was all the time back then anything could have happened and it could have been months before we even knew except right. for the people in that area that's true yeah i guess even back then if, if they went down on like july 2nd which they did you probably wouldn't have even heard anything about it till like august if not well even if it was like in a popular or uh uh, densely populated area, it would still be a minute before someone heard about it. You know, uh, stateside. If she if she crashed in fucking Asia somewhere, it's not you're, you're you ain't gonna fucking f- click open your fucking Facebook feed and see this fucking news flash that Amelia Earhart has crashed. It's you know right. it's gonna be a minute. Look how long it took you to get mail in the military, and that was in the right. 2000s, you know, right? That's a, think about well, news. there was. I, I'm gonna. I'm my times and shit it's gonna be way off but i mean there was shit that like happened in the civil war after the civil war was over you know there were battles still being fought because they didn't they didn't know it was over you know yeah but they had to so there had to have been some sort of technology in the 20s or 30s back then that would enable them or at least give them the opportunity to help as fast as they can because um the flight went well, the last transmission they had, I guess, or radio contact they had with them was on July 2nd, which is when the plane apparently went down. And then they called off the search for them on July 19th. So clearly, it's not like they would just call off a search two days later. So that obviously, they were probably searching for at least a good week and a half or so from July 2nd to July 19th to be able to just call off the search. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think, I don't know, would they have had somebody tailing them in another plane? I have no idea. Like, I didn't read anything about that. I didn't. They had, uh, it was part of their last leg, and it was one of their longer ones. I think it was like 2,000 miles, that trip that she was lost on. And they had, I think with the pre-planning, they had some a ship or two out there, because that's where the communications was heard, was off of that one ship. And she was supposed to make that communication. And I even read that the radio guy that was listening to it, the signal was so strong, he thought that she he could see her if he went outside the, the ship and looked around, and he never even heard the airplane. But that's how good the signal was and how clear it was for him. And, you know, even back then, you know, if you think with the radio technology, man, you got to think, oh, man, she's close. And, you know, obviously that was the um, the ship that I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, because you know, they, they did use they use ship. They, they lit them up. Right. They kind of as like little like as crumbs to like keep them on the direction that they need to go or whatnot. I think so. And I think it was based off of navigation and um, uh, like radio communication, because even radio communication was very new. Or uh, airplanes right back then it was new technology that even uh like amelia was learning you know and it was new equipment for her airplane as well yeah well it was it's it was a coast guard ship called the itasca yes yes the itasca yeah yeah they were the ones that were communicating with them 
And I guess they were the ones that last heard the radio or the last radio communication from her. And apparently the last thing they were saying or she was saying was that they, we are running north and south. Um, I don't know what that means. Maybe you do. But uh, apparently they weren't going north and south. Their whole trip was, you know, east and west. But for some reason, she was saying they're going north and south. So I'm, I'm almost wondering if there was like some crazy storm that they hit that made them get kind of lose sense of direction. I think there was talk about some like weather. Uh, I heard that she um, she started to kind of make when she felt that she was supposed to be at uh, Howlin Island that she started making 90 degree offset turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so basically she was making. So if she was flying like east, she had a 90 degree turn to the to the left, which would have put her to the north. And she started box turns. Basically, if, if you remember like land navigation, you know, mm-hmm. you have to like box around a, a building or a lake or something. And I think at that point, when she was doing the north-south line, that was the, um, the longitude lines for the world. And she was following the longitude line up, and then she cut a 90 degree back to the right. So she was doing a stepping stone to try to figure out where she was, because I think she was obviously her coordinates off. You got to think, she didn't have GPS. We're going off of magnetic headings mm-hmm. on a compass, probably some sort of watch. And not only a watch, but you're doing math with not only fuel, but your airspeed. Well, I was going to say, I mean, that, that's... Head- that's the other thing is, I mean, the, you know, the navigation you know, back then is way different than, you know, nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically back then saying like, Hey, I'm, you know, you're hoping that you're hitting 120 miles an hour. And if I'm hitting a 20, 120 miles an hour, that means in one hour and 60 minutes, I should have gone 120 miles. But if I got a five mile an hour headwind, that puts me back 115. So what do you, right, yeah, your math's going to be way off. Yeah. You're, 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 anticipating or expecting planning a certain distance and just a couple miles an hour can fucking totally, you know, deviate you from where you think you're going to be. Right. I mean, how do you, I mean, it's not GPS. It's not like you're getting a triangulation, you know, GPS, you're using at least four satellites to locate your, you know, locate your, your position. And, you know, here we're using, you know, even at night, you know, if they're flying at night, I don't know if they did or not, but flying at night, you're using like star maps. That's you're fucking, yeah, I was gonna say you're going on the stars and shit. I mean, you're going back to fucking Columbus shit, trying to fucking get across the ocean, you know? It's you know, yeah, there's hitting, there's so much a stopwatch just to figure out which you know how long you're going in a certain direction before you need to change at the same time, keep that airplane going in that direction. You know? But how much how much forward thinking did it take though, too, that if they knew that they were going to go to this Howland Island, and somehow, some way, the U.S. Coast Guard has a cutter ship out there, the Itasca, to help with this, as far as like radio communications and making sure that she like navigates to Howland Island. I mean, right. we're not talking we're close to America at this point. We're talking about, in some cases, maybe in 1937, Japanese-controlled islands in the South Pacific. Right, and, and that, that's US. a whole that's a whole other ball of wax there. Right, you know, for her to. To make it there, and for, for that Coast Guard cutter to pick up her radio signal and it be so strong that they thought that he was that she was right there, but she wasn't. I mean, they were basically going off of radio waves and radio signals and the signal strength to pinpoint where she was, and they still didn't have a clue. Right. One of my buddy's favorite jokes is, you know, you should join the Coast Guard because you get a hundred yards off the water, and that's the Navy's problem. So I mean, you know, the Coast Guard ain't fucking. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 a little truth to that, you know. I mean, they only go so far. Yeah, you know, you know, when you're out in the South Pacific and you got U.S. Coast Guard cutters out there, and right, and it's I yeah, mean, there's, I there's so much to it. 
I wonder though too, because if they had that, why that area? Why specifically that area? And it leads another question that I don't have the answer to, nor do I have I read. Did they have other ships like this on her journey previously in different strategic locations? Like say she flew over Diego Garcia and halfway there was a Another Coast Guard cutter? I don't know the right. answer to that. I mean, right. So, you know, just for them to have that Coast Guard cutter right there, and it immediately started going into search and rescue operations, too, because no clue where she was. Well, yeah, why would you You just automatically switch to that? Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe the, what is it? The, it's it's Seca? Maybe, yeah, yeah maybe the Itasca. Maybe you're right. Maybe they did see something go wrong, and that's, they were the first ones to initiate some sort of search, and then eventually radioed in to, hey, we need help. This plane went down. Oh yeah, they definitely did. You know, they they definitely were out there searching because they knew how much fuel she had. Obviously, they knew the time. You know, you can revert that back to our previous episode as well. I mean, we knew the uh, the time allotted, the fuel, the speed. You know, so they had a generalization. They knew her flight path. It just wasn't where she she wasn't there. So you know, at that point, you obviously are going into a a react mode to right. search and recover. You know, and rescue whatever you know, whatever is out there. I mean, a lot of people thought that she might have been captured by the Japanese. Oh yeah, and I know. I remember there's. I saw somewhere, whether the interwebs or on a fucking documentary or something. I know there was. I don't think I dreamed it. I know there's there was something somewhere of a picture, and I want to say like it was in Japan or something of like allegedly. It's like her at the end of a dock somewhere or something, yeah. but you know, which leads to okay, did the you know whether she was captured or if she crashed. And the thing is, like, if she went down in Japanese area or whatever, and they got her, it's I don't know that is that a fucking is that a fucking hot target to you know fucking you know try and take and not not ever say anything about or. I mean, and, and what if they did crash land on some island or near an island somewhere, and then they basically just lived out the rest of their lives on an island that we just don't, don't, don't we don't even know exists still because the ocean is so vast, <laughs> you know? Like there is there is so many islands out there. I mean, I don't even know how many are just in the the group of like the Philippine Islands, but I know it's like I'm going to be wrong, but it's like two thousand plus or something. It's probably way more than that. Right, and you know, and just uninhabited little fucking specks out that are out there. That yeah, and, and until you and Earhart wanted to live there. My experience out on you know Navy warships out there for many months on end, you know, going like all over Timor and Australia and the Philippines and Thailand and all that. You see, East, East Timor is a whole different ballgame. We won't get into all that. That's. <laughs> But you see all these little specks of land, and you have no idea. And there's so many of them. There's times you don't see anything for days, and then out of nowhere, you're like, "What is this mountain sticking out of the water?" You know, and right? Everywhere. Well, so, and on that note, it—I mean, the fucking islands pop up and disappear all the time. Yeah, volcanic activity, especially down there in the ring. Plate of tectonics, I think they call it. Yeah, tectonic shift. Yeah, what was that fucking? What was the movie with fucking Tommy Lee Jones in fucking L.A.? Was it L.A.? Was it volcano? No, that was uh, yeah, that was volcano. Self-titled volcano. Yeah, volcano. Right, wasn't it? Yeah, it's called volcano. And and then uh, Pierce Pierce Brosnan was in Dante's Peak, which was loosely based on the same thing. But anyway, oh, I digress again. But I mean, there's there's he's, 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 he's done. He's had enough. There's plenty. There's plenty of theories of what might have happened that actually makes sense. And then here we go again. 
there's other people out here that think that maybe they were taken by aliens. They're, they flew to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't fly to the moon in a 747 today, there's no fucking way that Noonan and Earhart flew to the moon in 1937. I, I, I heard that um, Amelia Earhart's plane is parked on the ramp right next to MH370. So. Oh, yeah? Callback. We call that we call that a callback in the biz. But if go, you back act- and look, go back and listen to the previous episode. The whole thing, though, too, is, is you know, there's a lot of it's not directly opposite, but some people say the whole Bermuda Triangle piece. But if you think about all those islands in the South Pacific, now 370 happened a long ways away in, in comparison, but it's still the South Pacific per se. You know, how many airplanes and like airliners, even within the past few years, have like crashed out there? There's been a few that we don't even probably know about. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of, you know, bad weather, salt doesn't play well with aircraft parts. You know, it's just a thing called corrosion, you know, just. Salt, salt and metal don't go along too well. Apparently yeah. not. But there is a ton of there is a ton of islands out there. And again, lead back, castaway. I mean, Tom Hanks ended up FedEx ended up with this volleyball on a you know some Wilson. You know, I mean, but that TV show Lost. I mean, come on. I mean, it's plausible. You know, they could have been out there just you know living off the land. You know, playing Survivor Amelia Earhart style. You know, it's the OG. <laughs> Survivor. <laughs> Maybe that's where they came up with that show from. <laughs> I did read though that that picture you were talking about, and it was a good one. You know, and it you know it showed like her and a supposedly her navigator. Somebody right. I guess they debunked that because they said they found it published in a Japanese book in like 1934, long before that happened. But I mean, even with today's stuff, anybody can Photoshop or fabricate anything to look like anything these days. I mean, you can take oh, the fucking the the deep fake stuff now is ridiculous. I mean, you can take it for for the truth. Yeah, oh, yeah. I saw a picture of Jay Z hanging out in 1920 Brooklyn. I've seen that picture. Apparently, he's a time traveler. Or and we discussed the uh, what's her nuts that Greta Thornburg chick. Right. Yeah. Mm, that's the episode that's coming out on Tuesday. Mm, well, like three Tuesdays ago. Oh <laughs> God, I think we're time traveling. <laughs> <laughs> we did bring that up, didn't we? I'm not imagining that, right? Didn't I? We, we did. That may have been off air. That may have been off air. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I just she apparently she's done a lot uh, for the industry. She's done a lot for her gender. Um, not just flying. She did other things. She also created some sort of like group where she tried uh, getting more women to become pilots. Uh, and it just sucks that something like this. That like one of the reasons we do know about her is because she went missing, not because of all the other shit she did. I mean, she did, right. well, and, but she is famous for her disappearance. And on that note though, but say what if, because she's bringing, again, this is right around where they're, they, you know, women just got the right to vote. I mean, constitutionally was given the right to vote and think about that. That was a fucking hundred. I mean, just a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. We're in 2021, and it was 1920 or whatever I said it was. You know, that's it. Just in the history of America, women have had the right to vote for 100 years. That's it. How many? I don't even want to use the word progressive because it's been it's been prostituted in the last few years. That word. But how many people in the past that try to bring about new ideas and stuff get snuffed out? By whatever means, coincidentally or planned, whatever. But, you know, so you have this female, they just get the right to vote. You have this this 
power, you know, I'll, I'll use air quotes, powerful female that is fucking flying around the world quite literally. Who's out there saying, ah, maybe we don't want this right now and, you know, make her disappear. You have people that fought for rights of various different things to get assassinated, you know, on live fucking TV in some cases, you know. So, I mean, that that's a whole nother fucking, you know, ball of wax as well that you know maybe she got you know whatever maybe she got too big for her britches and there was people out there that hey good for her for doing this but i don't think we we're not ready for women to you know be that powerful you know i mean there's there's so many avenues we can take on it that yeah the fuck knows man there's a big rabbit hole with a lot of these i mean bottom line I, i personally i blame obama that's just that's just me i blame him for everything that's probably time travel conspiracy with this one too you know probably hit some time warp hole or something you know that's 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 another one and she she might still be flying around just keeps hitting them fucking <laughs> when the fuck does this flight end i've been flying for a hundred years i guess the world is flat i'm still going <laughs> having that plane hits 88 miles an hour and the flux capacitor kicks in and Oh my god, the old flux capacitor. I'm not going to lie, I very much enjoyed that, but I did not expect a Back to the Future reference. But I wholeheartedly love it. But yeah, I mean, hey, you know, anything could have happened. Who the fuck knows? In 1937, we weren't even a thought. Um, oh. My grandmother wasn't a thought. Well, they, <laughs> My grandmother was born in 1938. For crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. But at least we get to talk about it. She gave it yeah, but it's, again, it's you know we like to we like to roll with the unknowns. This is definitely one of them, man. It's just it's so weird because again, there's the ocean. I don't even know what what the percentage of like what has actually been explored is like minute compared to how big it oh, is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's just it's it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, they said even they said like when trying to search for uh, MH370 in that spot, you know, that seventh arc spot, they said that they found like. What, like an underwater volcano, they've mapped a whole bunch of stuff. They found like like hundreds of shipwrecks that they never even knew. They didn't even, yeah, never even knew they were there. Yeah, it's another world that's just not explored, you know. And Atlantis is out there too. We need to put that on the list. Just saying, Billy. Side note. Well, yeah, no. it's fun talking about this stuff because hopefully it never happens to any of us. But, uh, it's fun talking about it. It's interesting. It's fascinating talking about stuff like this because you never, you, we don't know. And uh, it's nice to, like, educate other people on something that they maybe have only heard of but don't really know about. And if anyone wants to let anyone else know um, what we talk about, how could they do that? Mm, to educate people like we try to do on our episodes, uh, whether uh, sophomorically or academically, if they wanted to listen to uh, said podcast that they just listened to. Again, I may have referenced this in the last episode because, again, if you're listening, you're listening and we appreciate that and we love you all, but you can find us on any of the different platforms that provide podcasts. There's there's numerous ones. Uh, we're all familiar with them. The, the, the BuzzFeed, Spotify's, iPod or I gotta do it every I do it every fucking time. Apple, whatever the fuck it is, whether it's iPod or, or whatever, Apple has a fucking thing. I think you it's just I think it's just a podcast app. 
Anyway, whatever. I'm talking. You're listening. We're loving it. Anyway, Operation Unknown podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Always, always check out the Apple iTunes review for us. Please, please, please leave a review. We prefer five star. If you're not feeling it, do what you got to do. But any review is greatly appreciated. Sounds good to me. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed talking about the subject and listening to us talk about this subject. Facebook page might be up by now, but probably not. Just saying. Yeah, probably not. I like your page. <laughs> the boys, we hope you have fun because I know we did. We always have fun. We always hope that everyone that listens has fun. Please freaking email us, text us. DM us on Instagram, Operation Podcast on the Instagram. Let us know. Freaking give us some feedback. Whether it's fucking you guys suck and you should go jump off a fucking tall building or keep doing what you got. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. We love it. Whatever you got, we'll take it. Remember Let us know. You're 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 or more minutes throughout the day. Yeah. We're, we're here for you. We're here, we are here for you. Slide into Tommy. Thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Wilds, for joining us and for listening. Yes, thank you again. Oh, yeah, and thank, thank you, you Ben, that. for the fact checking. We're going to get Ben on in an episode. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, he, he, Tell me, I can I can guarantee Ben has an idea or two of a episode he wants to hear, a topic or something. Freaking yeah, he's he definitely has it on his Spotify now too. And he goes, "Oh, did you hear the latest podcast yet?" And I'm like, <laughs> "That's my boy." I, think, uh, I mean, obvi- obviously, principal discretion is advised, but... <laughs> we, have, uh, we have some pretty good uh, episodes coming up, so hopefully everyone is excited. Yeah, he's, Keep tuning he's in. We're excited to do it. Even if nobody's listening, we're still going to have fun fucking recording this shit, just saying. Uh, it's that much first, better. Uh, it's that much better if people are listening, but... I'm I'm interested. In, you know, I learned a lot, you know, from all the other episodes and, you know... Some pretty good factual information out there that even I didn't even know, you know, and it's, you know, it's got to be true if it comes from you guys, right? Right. It's on the internet, so it's got to be real. (laughs) (laughs) Birdman Google over here. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Thank you for talking. I'm your co-host, and I hope everyone has a good night. Indeed. See you all next time.